0: It's time for Love Talk with the Love Ladies, Kathy, Carrie, and Marley.
1: Hello, friends, and welcome to Love Talk. You have found the Love of Ladies. Here we are on this beautiful Saturday morning in Austin. And you are listening to The Bridge Austin, where we are building bridges of love and leadership. Central Texas, Christian Talk 101, FM eleven twenty AM. I am Coach Carrie Brinkator. We are so thrilled that you are joining us today. I tell you what, we've had some great programs over the last couple of weeks and uh, we're so thankful that you are here with us today on Love Talk. I am in studio with my beautiful co-host, Kathy Enderbrock and Marlene McMichael. Hey, Kathy. Hey, Marlene. Hi, Coach Carrie. I like to say the
0: marvelous Marlene oh, yes, McMichael yes, yes. because it just flows <laughs> so well. It's great to have you with us, Marlene. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like there, there was some program I didn't watch it, but it was like the marvelous Mrs. Mazel or something Maisel, like yes. Maisel, mm-hmm. yeah. And I thought, that is so cool. We have the marvelous Marlene McMichael. Well, yes, we friends, do. we are talking today about growing a courageous family. And we have been kind of starting this series on courage and truth and love. And we're going to be carrying this throughout the summer, and we're just cognizant that we're going to be moving into the summer. And some of us have no idea what we're doing this summer, and we want to share some ideas. And so Mm -hmm. as we begin wrapping up May and pressing into the summer and are starting to make some plans – you know, mom and dad, grandparents. We can use the summer as an opportunity to grow our families, grow them closer, grow them in courage, grow them in truth. And I always think a little couch time is fine, but mm-hmm. let's not leave permanent imprints on the sum- oh, on the sofa <laughs> this summer, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, yes, the summertime should be
1: fun. You know, I'm looking forward to this summer. Um, I don't know why I feel like this, and and my husband. And Ashley keeps reminding me, you know, Mackenzie is graduating, obviously, Um, next weekend, friends, next weekend. (laughs) Um, And so we're having a graduation party for her and everything. And I'm like, oh, this is our last summer, you know, and I keep saying stuff like that. And he's like, Carrie. Carrie she'll be home over the summers most likely like this is not our last summer (laughs) I don't know so I have to get that out of my mind but you know she is going far away she's going 12 hours away to Lipscomb University in Nashville we're so excited for her so she may just decide that she loves it there and never come home again I don't know (laughs) I,
0: I hate to say Ashley is ever wrong about anything because she's generally right on the mark but for Jordan it was her last summer because this summer she's going to be in Spokane, Washington yes. on an internship. Yes. So you never know what opportunities might come up on those future summers. That would be just
1: like Mackenzie, right? You know, to fill her days, she likes to be have everything full, you know, school, work, study bed, right? Like she likes to have all of the hours filled. I wonder where she gets Oh, from. Marlene, I know. <laughs> it's a curse. I tell you. I tell you. But that's what's been going on in our world. Marlene, what about you? What's going on in your world?
2: Well, first, I'm very excited because this is my first introduction to Terry. And so I'm really excited to hear all she has to say. And I, I think the, the our listeners are going to be excited, too, when they hear it. So yes, yeah. welcome. Thank you. But I have family with me this week, so that's very unusual to have my brother and sister-in-law stay with me for a week. Yay! Uh-huh. So we've, we've been doing some fun things and uh, got more to do. That's, awesome. that's well, awesome. As
0: Marlene McMichael is saying, we do have a special guest that is in the studio with us today to talk with us about growing a courageous family. Her name is Terry Essary, and I have to tell you, she is such a dear friend of mine. I have known her for over 20 years, and she was the first women's ministry leader that I served under. Mm. Because when I was in Australia and I really came to know the Lord, it was the pastor's wife who was kind of my mentor. And so when we, when Eric and I moved back to the states, we are we are not church jumpers. Like we pick one church, and they are stuck with us. (laughs) That is it. Whether they like it or not, you know. (laughs) And so she was my women's ministry director. And so her passion for empowering others to embrace the fullness of God's grace in the midst of life's journey, it was one of my favorite things about her. Mm -hmm. And I remember when the Lord kind of called her to move on, I was like, Lord, what are you doing? You can't take her. No, no, no. She has to stay (laughs) right here. And so I just love that. um, I've gotten to keep in touch with her and she has, she has just shared her heart at women's events for over four decades now. Um, she's employed four full-time as the missional strategist for the Women's Missionary Union of Texas, where she helps churches connect with mission opportunities and provide mission discipleship for all ages. And friends, we're going to be talking about some of this today. This summer, we can grow our kids in truth and grow our kids in courage with mission opportunities. Some of them are right in our backyard. And if you love to travel, you can travel. There are so many opportunities for families, uh, for Teens and just everyone, and we're gonna Terry's gonna share some of those with us. Now, she also enjoys serving her local church as the worship pastor. For First Baptist in Bonham, Texas, because when we talk about gifts, uh, Coach mm-hmm. Carrie and Marlene, she's got them all. Yes. Can she speak? Yes. Does she have incredible understanding of God's word? Yes. Does she have an amazing singing voice? Yes. yes. Give me something. I might throw it at her. It, she has them all. She has all of these gifts. So incredible. And this is one of the one things I love about her is her her entire life has not been whipped cream and apple pie or, or French vanilla ice cream and apple pie. She actually experienced a real heartache as a young widow with two boys um, in a very heartbreaking story, uh, losing um, a husband that she dearly, dearly loved. And yet God brought her another incredible man, Kenneth, who I adore, and they remarried and raised five children, yours, Mine and ours. And out of that, it inspired her and Kenneth to, fo- to found a ministry called Family Redesign. And it's a-, a ministry designed to help equip and encourage blending families. Friends, we can do this when you have, when the, the, the man has children and the woman has children and you come together. God will do beautiful things with blending those families. And I'm going to have Terry share a little bit uh, with us uh, about that. And the Dal Usri clan now has grown to include a son and daughter in law, as well as a new grandson. So, mm-hmm. um, coming from a very happy place, getting to see everything God has done, Terry has also authored five Bible studies, recorded a prayer CD, and her heart for sharing the gospel has taken her across the country. And around the world, we are so excited to have her in the studio on Love Talk with us
3: today. Welcome to to Love Talk, Terry Assari. Thank you. It is so much fun to be here, and it's great to see some old friends. I have missed you guys, and I was thinking about yesterday when I was driving down. I was thinking about it's been like fifteen years. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. since we've been in the Austin area, and mm-hmm. it it feels like yesterday, but mm-hmm. uh, it's great to be here. Well,
0: it's I think you haven't aged a bit. I want to go <laughs> and pull up a picture on my phone and compare.
3: Yes. Oh, sister, mm, yeah, I, I'm afraid I have.
0: <laughs> you know, it's funny. I actually have some videos of a, a, a little, like a Bible study series that you did at Main Street Baptist Church um, back in the, Oh, gosh. Um, early, early 2000s. 2000s. Uh-huh. And I keep that on my computer and I click <laughs> watch every now and then. So You know, I, I know our to... listening friends
1: have heard about you over the years from Kathy because many times we'll be discussing some random topic here on this program. And Kathy will say, oh, my favorite women's ministry um, leader of all time. The one I've learned so much from. Oh, my favorite, my first women's ministry. And she's always been talking about you, Terry. Oh, dear. So I think our- <laughs> (laughs) Our listening friends are familiar with you, even though they have not known you by name until today.
3: (laughs) Well, it's great to get to meet them.
0: (laughs) Well, okay, so I want you to start off. we, We have a question on Love Talk that we love to ask our guests so that our listening friends can get to know them a little bit better, too. Can you share with us how you came to know that Jesus loves
3: you? Well, I grew up with Jesus. Um, I didn't realize at the time, but um, he lived at our house. <laughs> um, you know, he was a part of our life. He was a part of conversation. Um, it's it, Jesus was just a part of our family. Um, I saw the love of Jesus by the way uh, my parents interacted, by the way they treated us, by the way they ministered to other people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I heard his voice daily um, in prayer. Uh, my parents were and still are prayer warriors, so I never knew anything outside of the love of Jesus, and I remember when I was in high school and began to hear other people's stories, and I was a little jealous when I would hear those huge transformational mm-hmm. stories about how someone was was didn't know Jesus and had lived a life, um, and then they, they met him, and they were just completely transformed, and I remember thinking, you know, I, I never really had that, because I've always... Known the Lord. And as I've reflected back on that across the years, I realized that what 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 God did for me, he knew the journey that would lay ahead. Mm -hmm. I mean, He, he knew every moment of every day that is still ahead for me. And he knew I needed that early equipping. So I believe that he really, uh, my roots grew very deep, very early, mm. and I was never one that ever really doubted. Um, I was always seeking more of the Lord. Okay, mm. God, what do you want for me in this season? I was 18 years old, sitting on a park bench in front of my dorm at Texas Tech University, <laughs> and uh, God's voice was very clear to me, and He asked, "Are you willing to follow?"
0: Oh wow! And I said
3: yes. He said, "Well, I want to, I want to call you if you'll say yes." And he's reminded me over the years I've had other opportunities to say yes to him. And some of those opportunities, one of them happened shortly before my first husband got sick. I was driving down the road, and God reminded me. He said, hey, you remember when you were 18, you said yes. Is your yes still on the table? And I said, absolutely it is. I can't. You know, and I mean, the next fall I started seminary (laughs) (laughs) because I'm like, okay, this is it. You know, this is the call. This is what God's going to do. And, you know, I I was so excited because, you know, I'm going to be in the ministry. And, you know, I I just had this vision in my head of what that calling meant. And and after my husband's diagnosis that interrupted my seminary journey, God kind of tapped me on the shoulder. And the Holy Spirit just spoke very quietly. And he said, okay, I want to remind you. You said yes to me that six o'clock in the morning, driving down seventy five in Dallas. <laughs> you said yes to me, and I just I want you to know this is what your yes is for this season. I'm equipping you, mm-hmm. and so you know he's all he knew way back. You know when I was born, what my before I was born, what he wanted me to do, and what my calling would be, and I think he knew that my yes would be on the table because he he spent my whole. My whole growing up was preparing me for the journey that continues even today.
0: You know, I love mm. it when he asks us for our yes. Sometimes it's because we need to hear ourselves give mm. that yes. We need that definitive answer mm. ourselves. And I love what you did. You know, you, you went through this period of, of just walking through these very difficult waters with your husband and walking through the grief of, of seeing the Lord not give healing, but mm-hmm. bringing him home. Uh, to heaven and having your two boys with you, and instead of falling apart and saying, "God, why did you do this to me?" You saw that God wanted to do something through you, and you wrote a Bible study mm-hmm. about dealing with that grief. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, one of my favorite passages is Second Corinthians um, chapter one, and it's I call it the "so that" chapter. Um, and it tells me that Jesus walked through what he walked through so that he could comfort and encourage me so that I could comfort and encourage others. You know, in God's economy, there, nothing is for nothing. There is absolutely nothing that is for nothing. Um, and he uses everything in our lives, not just to grow us, but to reach out and minister to others if if we're willing to, to keep our yes on the table. And sometimes a yes on the table is hard you have to make a mental, you have to do mental gymnastics and say, okay, yes, my yes is on the table. And, you know, one of my favorite quotes is for, uh, Gordon Fort with the IMB. He says, you put your yes on the table and let God put it on the Ooh,
2: so Wow, I like that, that. That's a
3: great quote. You know, he's going to take you and he's going to use you regardless. I don't care where you've been. I don't care what you've been through. I don't care how. You don't think you can be used. God can take your yes And impact lives around the world.
0: The best yes Mm -hmm. that you can ever give is that yes to Jesus. Friends, I am so excited about the Mm -hmm. conversation that we are about to have on Love Mm -hmm. Talk with Terry Usery about growing a courageous family. We need courageous families, friends. You're going to want to stay with us. We're going to get a word from our sponsors who keep Love Talk on the air every Saturday at 10 a.m. So stay with us more in a moment with Love Talk. And welcome back, friends, to Love Talk here on today's Christian Talk, The Bridge. It's great to be with you this morning. I'm Kathy Indebrock, and studio is Coach Carrie Brinkader and the marvelous Marlene McMichael. We are the love ladies of Love Talk, and we have a very special guest with us, Terry Ussery, who is helping us understand how to grow a courageous Family, So, Terry, we have the summer coming up. And, you know, I always think of mission opportunities and growing our kids in missions and helping them open their eyes to the world around them and what is going on. What would you say to families who are interested in doing something with missions this summer?
3: Um, well, I'm really glad you asked because that's, that's what my job is. <laughs> it's helping families uh, become more missional more missionally engaged, um, with WMU of Texas, our goal is to make disciples who make disciples. So, you know, mission trips are great, and those are wonderful opportunities. I mean, a couple of my kids, my own personal kids, they were transformed after a foreign mission trip. One of them in particular went to the Czech Republic twice, and it was remarkable. He came back just overwhelmed by the difference mm. between the United States and the Czech Republic. So, yes, those are great opportunities. But I think it's more important to really create in your family that missional lifestyle that opportunity looking for opportunities in your community where you really can share the love of Jesus. Um, one of our tenants at WMU is engaging in local missions and so what we want to do is um, missions comes out of discipleship. You can't have missions without discipleship. So moms and dads I would say part of your couch time turn off the TV and let's spend some time in God God's Word and find some some great activities um, in the Word with your littles and even with your older kids where y'all can dialogue Um, about what that means to be on mission. You know, Jesus felt it important enough (laughs) that the last words he spoke after he was resurrected and he walked the earth, you know, before he went back to the Father the two passages that he left behind for his followers were Matthew 28, 18 through 20, which is the Great Commission, right? Mm-hmm. Go and tell. Go and make disciples. And that go is not to go across the water necessarily. It could be. But really, in the Greek, it's as you're going. As you're living your life, you're supposed to be making disciples. And then Acts 1.8 that says, look, you're supposed to be the missional mouthpiece for for your Jerusalem, your Ju- Judea, your Samaria, and across the world. So that's God, that was Jesus' command to his followers. So mm-hmm. that's us today. So mom and dad, what does it take for you to disciple your kids to open their eyes and see their community the way Jesus does? What are some, some, what are some mission engagements where your family can connect in your community to do good things for, for people? But you know, what Jesus did, He did good things for people. He healed people. He provided for people, but He never left it there. He always went one step further and said, You know, I really, I can take care of your needs right now, but the mo- most important, the most powerful thing I can do for you is I can give you salvation. So that's always the end game when we're teaching our family what it means to be on mission. It's not just good works. It is good works so that you have an opportunity to share the gospel. So I would say this summer, look for ways that your family can be on mission in your community. Be creative about what how you can include your kids, and no kid is too young. I'm just saying, (laughs) no kid is too young. A two-year-old can carry cookies next door. Absolutely. (laughs) With a little note that the four-year-old has colored that says Uh Jesus loves you, and you give it to that neighbor, and Mm -hmm. that neighbor is touched by that. Or Mm -hmm.
0: going down to the police station with a thing of cookies and Mm -hmm. letting the officers know that you appreciate them and are praying for them. Mm
3: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Those are great, you know, and and kids can do all of that. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm going, mm-hmm. I remember
0: how excited uh, some our little next door neighbors were of Aaliyah's when Aaliyah um, burnt some balsamic v- vinegar and the firemen came and she was horrified <laughs> but the little kids downstairs were so excited because they were going to get to see the fire truck and get stickers <laughs> and you know, instead of having the fire truck come to your kiddos, maybe you can go down to the fire, fire station, station and bless them mm-hmm. and um, so I love that. Having your eyes open, who are you in relationship with in your community, how can then you engage them with the love of the gospel? Absolutely. You know, I've also
1: heard of uh, communities, and I, I tell you, I need to start this. It's called a leftovers club, mm-hmm. where you just bring your leftovers from the week, you know, something that you and your family ate a couple of days ago, but you have plenty of leftover. But mm-hmm. you don't want to eat it for the next five days in a row, right? right. And so you ask your neighbors to bring over their leftovers, mm-hmm. and you just have leftovers for dinner. I love it. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, that yeah, That stew. You know, you fixed enough stew for 12 people, but your family doesn't want to eat it, you know, for eight straight days. <laughs> and stew so, again. stew again. Right? I can't tell you how many times <laughs> I've heard that at my house. But my friends enjoy it. Yes. Right? So something, you know, something as simple as a leftovers club where you, it doesn't have to be fancy.
3: Right right and finding ways for your church to engage you know if you're if you're involved in a church how can your small group come together and do an event in the park just your small group and invite other people to come in and and become a part of that small group you know it's it's all about relationships that's what you're trying to do is build relationships I mean, even
0: going down to the Williamson County Advocacy Center and becoming mm-hmm. aware of what they do mm-hmm. and how to identify sex trafficking going on in the neighborhood, mm-hmm. and have, having your children have their eyes open to that aware uh, to that awareness as well. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, growing our kids in courage, in courage and truth, helping them to have open eyes as they're stepping out in the community with a fearless and courageous love of Christ. I mm-hmm. I, I just love that. So, Terry, I want to talk with you. about... About this as well. You, Your heart is to encourage people and be intentionally focused on kingdom work. Um, during what you truly believe are, are these last fleeting minutes of the last days that we are in, and you describe mm-hmm. your job and calling as one which is focused on equipping believers to be the light and the hope. How can families be intentional about being that light and hope in an
3: increasingly scary and dark world, um, faith over fear is critical um, we there is no reason uh, you 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 read through God's word and and it's don't be afraid, don't be afraid, fear not, stand strong, mm. be courageous. Mm. That's what God tells us as believers, because greater is He that is in me than he that is in the world. I mean, if you're a believer, you have the Holy Spirit, and it's not God versus Satan. God created Satan. He is a created being, and he has nothing. He he has no more power than what God allows him to have. So know that you are the light and the hope through Jesus Christ. You know, there's a reason that a jeweler puts a diamond on a black velvet piece to show it off. Mm. The darker it gets, the brighter the light shines. So we are not hopeless, and we are not stuck in the darkness. We are the hope, and and we're the light, but you know, here's the thing. It's not about me being the hope and me being the light. Jesus Christ is the hope. Jesus Christ is the light. So it is, it is the hope that I have in Him that, that comes through me. I'm the vessel for that hope and I'm a reflection of His light. So it's, it's not on me to generate some sort of a, you know, temporal hope and, you know, just happy, you know, think happy thoughts. No, it is getting into the Word and really knowing who Jesus is and who the Holy Spirit is in us and how he has called every single one of us as believers to stand strong and be courageous as the light and the hope and the darkness.
0: You know, I know I this because it reminds me, there's a an interview that we're going to be doing with Lisa Michelle, the author of An Unlikely Warrior, and she talks about this love of God um, where after going through years of abuse that God gave her this amazing love Mm -hmm. for her abuser. And she saw complete reconciliation. Um, You know, when he turned, he recognized his sin, turned from that sin, that he could not believe the love that she had for him after what he had done. Mm -hmm. And it is that supernatural love, that supernatural hope. I think the life of a Christian Is so amazing, so much fuller, so much beyond what we can ever imagine. Mm -hmm. That is what we want our kids immersed in this summer.
3: Oh, yeah, And they need to see it in us, and they need to hear it from us. You know, instead of fretting over the things that are going on, it's not about showing our kids worry and fret. It's about showing our our kids courage and power through the Holy Spirit and and how powerful we can be as we go deeper with Jesus.
2: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You know, I think... Today, um, because of kids living so much on their phone and in Mm -hmm. social media, that it's really easy to become afraid, or even easy to feel inadequate, Mm -hmm. because you can't measure up to the movie stars, Mm -hmm. you know, you can't measure up to all the things they say you're supposed to look like, or Mm -hmm. be like, or have, Um, so therefore there's a gap. Absolutely. And and I think it's it's parents job to really speak to that and and show blessing in little things. Mm-hmm. You know, I I don't have children at home and I don't have grandchildren, but I think about the grocery store. And I live in a community that has a lot of retirees and so as you walk down the aisles today, I can't I can't tell you the number of times I hear People mumble about the prices mm-hmm. or mumble about the mm-hmm. fact that the shelves are empty mm-hmm. in some, their favorite mm-hmm. product. Mm-hmm. And that's a, a time when you can turn around and, and make light and, well, God provides. Or you, or do mm-hmm. something that shows somebody heard them and somebody cares. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, oftentimes I'll, I'll ask. I, I know there was a, a lady who picked up something and then she put it down. And I, I, I said, are you trying to buy that for a gift? And she says, well, my nephew sent me in. And and I I was going to buy it for her because it it looked like she was concerned about the price. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I just think there are little things you can do Mm -hmm. as an adult, but also teach your children to do the same. Right. Mm -hmm. Listening
3: to the Holy Spirit because there's times Holy Spirit says you need to pay for their meal or you need to buy their groceries. And you don't have to be rich because... (laughs) <laughs> We're not, yeah. but there's a lot of times when God says do that, and I think what what that teaches your children when they're watching you, and that's just your habit of life. That's not an unusual event for you, mm-hmm. that you just listen to the Holy When he says stop and help somebody or, or pay for their groceries or pay for their meal, and that's just what you do. And wow, what that is teaching your children about the provision of the Lord mm-hmm. and about having a heart for others and, and being aware of other people who have a need.
0: I love the point that you make that, you know, when we are listening to the Holy Spirit, God will direct us. He will Mm -hmm. equip us. And you Mm -hmm. did this retreat years ago with the theme, what is in your hand, based on Exodus 3 and 4. And you have continued to teach out of those core principles in that Passage, and I think if I know what's in my kid's hands, like Marlene said, it's <laughs> going to be their phone. But can uh-huh. you share with us a little bit about the principles about that? What's in your hand?
3: Yes, uh, Exodus three and four is the story of Moses in the burning bush, and kind of uh, in a nutshell, you know, Moses was just doing his business. He was he was out being a shepherd. He wasn't having his quiet time. You know, he wasn't really seeking the Lord specifically in that moment. He was out being a shepherd, and all of a sudden. God showed up in a burning bush and spoke to Moses. And I think, you know, there are so many great things out of that story if you just read it and listen and let the Holy Spirit draw that out. But, you know, um, I think a lot of times we respond the way Moses did because after God called him, Moses is like, oh, yeah, no, not me, Lord. Like, wait a minute. Yeah, you got the wrong guy here. I don't talk good. I don't have what it takes. You know, I, I, I can't do this. And I think how many times... Do we, you know, because we look at Moses and go, oh, Moses, you're such a lightweight and all, you know, we get real judgmental. But I think if that was me, I would respond exactly the same Mm -hmm. way. So I think, you know, God oftentimes, I believe, shows up in an extraordinary way in the midst of an ordinary day. I mean, that's what he did with the burning But That's pretty extraordinary, the voice of God speaking out of a burning bush that is not consumed by the fire. That would get my attention. Yeah. <laughs> you know, in, in the midst of an ordinary day, that kind of ups it a little bit. So, mm-hmm. you know, experiencing the extraordinary in the midst of an ordinary day, God speaks and the first thing we do is we forget about the extraordinary encounter and we go, yeah, God, but, <laughs> yeah. I, you know, and we mm-hmm. give him the laundry list of why we can't. And instead of God giving Moses a big old pep talk, you know, it's, it's coach. <laughs> it's that, that locker room. You know, y'all can do this. Y'all can win. Yeah. You know. God doesn't do that with Moses. He kind of lets Moses vent and say what he needs to say. And then in um, chapter four, the first thing God says is Moses, what is that in your hand? And Moses says, well, <laughs> you know, Captain obvious it's a staff (laughs) and this staff is something that Moses carried all the time right because Mm -hmm. it was a tool of his trade he knew how to use it he knew what it was you know and I just think for us and God you know the rest of the story probably Mm -hmm. that God used that staff basically to do everything that Moses did I mean got the people freed out of um, Egypt you know, part of the Red Sea, if you saw Charlton Heston, he had the staff, you know. So that staff was the power of God. And I, it wasn't the power of God, but it reminded Moses that it was the power of God. It wasn't Moses. He could be as inadequate as he wanted to be, but God was all powerful. When God calls you, he equips you. And I think a lot of times we, we, we do what Moses did. And we just say, okay, God, I can't, I'm not this, I'm not that. You know, I'm not good enough. I don't talk good enough. I don't know enough. I'm, I'm not smart enough. I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. And God says, okay, go ahead and get all that out. I'm listening, I'm listening. Okay, what is in your hand? What have I put in your hand that I will empower to use? Because, you know, I encounter women a lot who have stories of abuse and of choices they've made that they have such deep-seated regret they think God can't use them. And you know, sometimes I think those are the very things that God can use the most powerfully because we're, it, it's not about what I can do to overcome and use that. It's about me yielding that to God and saying, okay, this is an experience you've allowed in my life, and it may be a great thing. I mean, for Moses, it was his staff. It was the tool of his trade. Okay, you're a banker. What's the tool of your trade? What is in your hand? How does God want to use that to to expand the kingdom, to, to share the gospel? Whatever it is that's in your hand, if, if you that's what God wants to use. I mean, mm-hmm. he has given that to you. It is in your hand for him to use. He He wants to use it. So I think, you know, when we when we feel like God's called us and we feel completely inadequate, the question he would ask us is, what is in your hand? What have I given you that, that I can use? I mean, you know, for me, for a season, it was the loss of a husband. Did I want mm-hmm. that? Did I like that? No. But did God use that? Absolutely he did because that's what was in my hand during even while he was was sick for two years even during that time i thought god was going to put me on the shelf he didn't put me on the shelf he used me in hospital waiting rooms and Mm -hmm. with staff in the hospitals and you know that was such a a -hmm. a meaningful time because god used that experience even in the midst of he didn't wait till it was all over to come back and go okay now i'm going to use you Mm -hmm. he's like nope I'm using you in the midst of, so what is it that's in your hand? You know, it it might change. There might be different things in your hand, but let God use whatever that is because he's given it to you to hold in your hand.
1: Mm. I think about my coaching, right, and how it's kind of moved from basketball to now coaching in a different way with people who have a disability, right, who've been afflicted with a terrible disease, but I'm still coaching. You know, the Lord gave me a gift and I, and I realized that a, a long time ago, like, Lord, you gave me a big voice, number one. And, um, sometimes that's a curse, but most of <laughs> the time it's a blessing, right? Gave me a big voice and, um, I know that that voice is supposed to be used for you. So what's the next step? And, right? I think we also have to ask ourselves that question too, Terry, is like, okay, I might know what's in my hand. I might not know. And, and for some people, Right, and there's parts of my life where I know what's in my hand and I don't really like it. Mm -hmm. Um, but we have to say, okay, Lord, how how can you use that? Absolutely, Marlene. You have told a story before about how you went to work in the government and people were telling you, uh, Marlene, that's probably not a good idea. How are you going to be a messenger for the Lord in a place that is corrupt? (laughs) (laughs) And you said, this is what's in my hand.
2: Yes. I mean, from the time I was very little, that was my dream and my desire. And what I would believe, my mission. You Mm -hmm. know, you talked about growing up in God. In Mm -hmm. many respects, I did as well Mm -hmm. because I always prayed to him. I always sought him. What I would say is different is I did have a, a moment when I said, I repented because I put my life in front of his Mm -hmm. and so I went that's over and that Mm -hmm. was pretty dramatic and and, um, in fact I changed so much my mother thought I had a nervous breakdown (laughs) because I was so driven uh, to be a success and to be uh, involved in at a high level and motivated that way that and and suddenly i was in love with jesus and she Mm -hmm. didn't understand and i will say my you know my mother was widowed three times wow and Mm -hmm. so uh and the the first two were within five years of each other Mm -hmm. because she married two years after my father and then and then he died but my second father stepfather i call him father my second father um god gave us him to gave us him to heal our family mm-hmm. and so when i changed so dramatically he was we were uh, c- catholic but he was a good uh, Bas- baptist deacon mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is that right yes yeah. mm-hmm. and um and he just he said the family has to go to church together so he went wow. to church sitting with her mm-hmm. and us but when i changed so dramatically and she was so upset he says no she just got born again, oh, and sat down wow. with Bible studies to teach my family, so that when he passed very suddenly, unexpectedly, mm. I went home and sh- and my immediately prayed for my brother to receive the Lord, wow. and um, told my mother I wouldn't leave until she did. <laughs> so it took three weeks. But what I'm saying is, had that had he not been in our lives, that was his. If if that man did nothing else on earth and he did many other things. But my entire family has come wow. to the Lord because of mm-hmm. him. That's incredible. And mm-hmm. it that's that's a neat story. huh. And I, I I love too,
0: Terry, everything that that um, God has really brought about with when you were willing, because I, you know, I always think, gosh, if something happened to Eric, that's it. I'm done. I'm never getting married again, mm-hmm. you know, and I've never always found you never never, <laughs> never with God. And I you were willing to say, okay, Lord, what you have for me, that mm-hmm. is what I want. And so he brought Kenneth, who had two daughters. You mm-hmm. had two sons. Um, you both fell madly in love and you had sweet little Joshua. So now you had yours, mine, and ours. And You started that journey of of blending a family Mm -hmm. together. Not
3: an easy journey. No, honestly, the hardest thing I've ever done. I thought marrying a husband was hard. Nothing like um, because it 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 involves so many people Mm -hmm. and there's so many there's so much hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, and it requires vast amounts of forgiveness, um, on the part of people that you have no control over. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, blending families, there is a reason that the divorce rate is ridiculously high for subsequent marriages because most people, and I, I'll be just real transparent. There were days when my suitcase was packed under the bed because mm-hmm. I'm like, I, I can't do this anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, I wanted to take my boys and run because mm-hmm. it is really, really hard and our marriage was built on the Lord you know mm-hmm. I mean we we were both deeply committed to the Lord and honestly that's what kept us together during those really tough tough times it's like i made a commitment to the Lord and i may hate every second of this right now but i made a commitment to the Lord and i'm going to honor that commitment to the Lord and there was just there was no help we could find no resources we we just we we felt so Alone, And I think that's what really motivated us. Well, no, the Lord called us and said, start family redesign. But that was a big motivation. It's like, we want to help equip people Mm -hmm. to hang on and get through this because so many people who enter a blended family enter it broken. They are not healed. So you have a broken person and a broken person coming together. And you've got broken children coming Mm -hmm. together. And nobody is in a healthy place to help anybody.
1: I I got this vivid image in my head right now of one of those giant windsocks outside, you know, the car dealership Uh that's like floating in the breeze, you know. Uh And you just, you feel helpless because every little um puff of wind or it it doesn't even have to be a puff it can be just a hint mm-hmm. and it feels like it's knocking you over yeah and so you guys have started family redesign mm-hmm. yeah.
3: right give us a tiny tidbit it's it's uh before we go to break here terry okay um, kind of in a nutshell, um, Isaiah 61, 1 through 4 is kind of a, a foundation verse for that. It's good news to the poor, bri- binding the brokenhearted, freedom for captives, release from darkness for prisoners, and proclaiming the year of the Lord's favor. Um, and I think all of those um, hit, to some extent, what it's like to be a blending family. Um, and I don't ever say blended because you never blend. I say blending. It's, blending. It's, it's blending. It's in process. Um, but the good news is there, at the end of that you can proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And, uh, I, I just, that's really the tenet of, of what we try to do for, for blending families. Mm-hmm. We're we're going to get into that. Yeah, we we
0: are. I was going to say, I come from a blended family to blending family, too, (laughs) and we were actually interviewed. They did a TV program on all of us because it was such a a new thing, whereas today it is just the norm. Mm -hmm. I think, friends, well, if you want to hear more about how to build a courageous family, how to successfully blend families, How to see God bring reconciliation and redemption from some of the heartache and heartbreak that you've gone through. How to look at what's in your hand and step forward, trusting that God is going to use that to do big things. You are going to want to stay with us for our final segment on Love Talk right after this one.
1: Hello friends and welcome back to Love Talk. You found the Love Ladies here on The Bridge Austin today's Christian talk. And I'm Coach Carrie Brinkader in studio with Kathy Indebrock, Marlene McMichael, and our wonderful friend Terry Useri. It's just great to be in studio. Kathy and I went to church with Terry years and years and years ago. I haven't seen Terry in about fifteen years. And so it's just um a refreshing old home week today. <laughs> old home day today is just very very nice. Terry, you know, as you talk about blend blending your family with Kenneth, um, and I I know Kenneth and he's the sweetest man, mm-hmm. right? And yes, I know sir. that he loved you fiercely, but I you know we cannot discount that blending, um, two girls and two boys and a man and a woman who've had such loss and heartache and pain and grief and, and all the things that, that is difficult. Mm -hmm. I, I am shocked to hear that you had your suitcase packed under the bed, but I get it. Uh Um, and Kathy's family had a a very similar experience, blending families and Marlene you've blended families. So, you know, this is, um, very, very needed. Mm-hmm. Your your organization family redesign. Mm-hmm.
3: Yes. Um, and when we started it, we really felt like that. Um, well, we spent a w- we, It was born in a weekend.
1: Oh, okay. So we
3: just really felt like God was calling us to something, but we weren't sure what it was. Uh-huh. Um, you know, we we both had jobs, but it's like God was just calling. So it's like, okay, well, we just need to get away from the for the weekend, and and we just need to pray, and we just need to ask the Lord what it is. And, I mean, over the weekend it was done. The name, the bylaws, every, everything we had to do for the 501c3, it was just, it, it's like the Lord just downloaded it all. And so what um. we really started with was writing material because there was nothing out there. I mean, we were, we were combing the bookstores when we were blending, trying to find something to help us. Um, and so Ken ended up writing a book because, you know, his master's is in uh, marriage and family counseling. So his comes from more psychological. Um, it's, it's um, well, now I can't think of the name of the- Uh, It was a long time ago It was, yeah, 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 yeah. it'll come to me And then uh, I wrote a Bible study called Beatitudes for Blending Families And so our idea was to provide resources for families that were hurting Um, We were doing quite a bit of pastoral counseling at the time And now continue We don't do the counseling But we have a a lovely, delightful um, young lady who counsels for us through family redesign and has lots of opportunities um, to to speak into to really hurting people, but I think what we discovered is families really need an opportunity to heal and to understand their their brokenness, mm-hmm. um, so that then they can come together and begin to create. Out of out of healing. Yes, thank you. Remarriage, searching for answers. <laughs> <laughs> I could remember the remarriage part. That's the book that Ken wrote is remarriage, searching for answers, and it really is a very it's very practical um, for families just to to be able to stop and and. It addresses a lot of the issues that you face that you know, and I remember when we first got married it 's like okay well we 've been married, so we know how to do this <laughs> um, well, yeah, we did c- kind of sorta, I but I came out of um, I came out of of losing a spouse to death, he came out of losing a family to divorce, and the issues are very, very different, mm-hmm. and you know now his ex family was my family because of the girls and there are just so many layers to what people need to, to be able to process. So mm-hmm. the vision was just to put, put tools in people's hands so that they really could work through some of the issues and, and be healthy um, stepping into this new this new family relationship. And especially when you go,
0: how many grandparents are there anyway? <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah Christmas is,
3: right. you know, our motto for Christmas traditions was our tradition was to have no tradition because every <laughs> Christmas was different. Yeah. You know, you never, you know, depending on who was where and what and, because you know the boys still had a relationship with their dad's family and then you know my family and then Ken's family and then the girls had a relationship with their mom's family so that's a lot of families that's a lot of logistics mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. remember
0: one of the one of the things and mom and dad didn't even set this as a rule but for whatever reason I think the Lord just did an amazing thing where in our family we don't distinguish between half and step we are just all brothers yes. and sisters mm-hmm. and People have asked us before, like, oh, wasn't well, that just your stepbrother? And I'm like, no, that's my brother. brother. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and I even, like, if, if we get into a discussion around health issues, mm-hmm. to be like, okay, well, if Daddy has a health issue, who might have that health issue? We have to, like, stop and figure it out. We're like, okay, wait a minute now. Yeah. Who's the biological? A biological data. Data. Yeah. <laughs> because, and Daddy never introduced us as a step or a half or anything mm-hmm. like that. Daddy, this is my daughter. This is my son. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, and we, we knew that that wasn't just for show. That was his heart. I mean, right. God gave him a heart just to love us. And then God gave us a heart just to love him right back. Mm-hmm. Mm. I, and you blended eight children? Eight children. That's, yeah. wow. That's a
3: lot.
0: Four boys and four girls. <laughs> yeah. not,
3: okay. Well, I wouldn't want to be on bathroom duty. That was always our issue. And I have to say, our kids, they would say that I, I i think i can speak for all five of them they don't really think in terms of half and step and all i really do think that they see each other as brothers and sisters that's how they that's mm-hmm. how they refer and i think that's mm-hmm. really really healthy to be able to be able to do that.
0: Well, and I think that's God's heart, too, because when he Mm -hmm. adopts us, he doesn't adopt us as a stepchild or a half daughter. He Uh. full, we are fully adopted Mm -hmm. sons and daughters lifted up to be co-heirs with Christ. And so I think that's his daddy heart as Mm -hmm. well. And that is, you know, I think that, you know, blending families, we have to follow what is God's heart for this. And we have to step into
2: that. But I'm I'm going to be the okay the, uh, <laughs> thorn in everybody's side. But uh, not all families come together equally, right? Yes, right. and sure. are healthy,
3: right? Mm-hmm. So but most what's, don't, I think. So
2: what's the first step when you recognize? Okay, we got a problem here. Now yeah. what?
3: Yeah, and my only answer, I, I can't. I don't have an answer for people who are not Christ followers because. I personally don't know what the answer is outside of the Lord um, because I really do think it takes supernatural healing to be able to forgive and to be able to to move forward as a family. So anything outside of the Lord, I wouldn't have any any advice at all. But I do think somebody who is struggling, they really do need to go and just get honest before their pastor or before a counselor to really begin to work through some of those issues, because each person has brought brokenness into that relationship. Mm-hmm. And until those individuals, um, we we wrote another piece um just to use for uh, couples that were coming to us that were divorced and it's how do you get healthy before you step into your new relationship you know and it's that bell curve you know they're 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 not they're not up there in in that healthy region you know Mm -hmm. it's broken people who are attracting but broken people Mm -hmm. and you can't you can't start a marriage a healthy marriage from that place so it's really got to start with the individual getting healthy
0: You know, I love that you say that because in our family, we've always taught with our girls, you know, God says that two are going to come together and make become one. That means one whole person Mm -hmm. and one whole person make Mm -hmm. two, right? Right. So one whole person, one whole person come together and then God beautifully blends them together Mm -hmm. to be one marriage. And I think this whole Hollywood idea of, oh, you complete me. No, 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 no. no. mm -hmm. You need to be a whole person, healthy and full and Mm -hmm. stable. And then you need to find another healthy person mm-hmm. who you are then going to join your life mm-hmm. to if you're looking for that person to be your crutch or your completer or your you know Anything. whatever it is mm-hmm. th- that should be uh putting up a big red light absolutely
2: i heard someone tell me one time because he was struggling in his marriage that i'm just in his comment was i just want to be happy i need someone to mm-hmm. make me happy mm-hmm. and i said that's an impossible place right. to put a wife in, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. she is so solely responsible to make you happy. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. That Nobody. can't happen. Nobody no. can do that. And a lot mm-hmm.
3: of times it's those broken people looking for somebody to fill that void, to fill that, to to, to feed that, you know, to, to help that pain go mm-hmm. away. And another person can't do that. Mm-hmm. You know, I love the picture of the triangle that you see at marriage retreats. You know, the you, you draw the triangle, and at each point of the triangle – um, there's the man and the woman and at the top of the triangle, there's God, and the closer the people get to the Lord, the closer they Aww, get together. together. Mm-hmm. And I mean, as corny as that sounds, that really is a great picture of what it takes to really for any marriage to be healthy. But particularly, I think blending families have to really, really work to get on that path where each individual person is moving towards the Lord. And as they move towards the Lord, they grow closer together. Yeah,
0: Mm. I truly believe that there's a scripture that says the joy of the Lord is my strength. Strength. And I believe that the Mm -hmm. joy of the Lord is the strength in our marriage, that when we both love the Lord, when we seek him, when we keep pressing into that relationship with him, it's like he just does these amazing things in mm-hmm. our marriage. But yes. I agree, no one person can carry the burden to make another person happy. It doesn't mm-hmm. work that way. But the Lord can give you that joy that you're looking for.
1: Terry, how can our listening friends find you?
3: Um, for Family Redesign, uh, we have a website. It's familyredesign.org. And um, my email there is just terri.familyredesign at Gmail dot com and then my work email if if somebody wants to reach out at WMU of Texas it's Terry T-E-R-I dot W M U T X at T X B dot org.
1: Excellent. Family redesign and WMU, that's where you can find Terry Essery. Boy we've what a what a program friends this is what we do here on love talk we talk about all the things but friends the most important thing is the lord jesus Christ we pray that you would find a church friends that is preaching the gospel that opens the bible and preaches from scripture friends because that is direct words from our father he loves you and it's unconditional and he wants you to accept that free gift if you have any questions you can always call us on the love line at 512-644-7972. You can find us on Facebook on Love Talk Radio. You can also go to our archives at Love Talk Network. Friends, I'm Coach Kerry Brinkater. For Kathy Indebrock and Marlene McMichael, we'll see you next time right here on Love Talk.